Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for February the 15th in the year of our Lord, 2024. This is our two of two and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country. To do so on your radio. I wonder if there's a George Soros radio station carrying the broadcast. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, they say George Soros literally buying up radio stations everywhere. Uh, George Soros set to control second largest chain of radio stations. Uh, it's a portfolio. Um, Odyssey. Uh, is under bankruptcy, and George is going to get a bunch of stock. And they say that he might manipulate things before the election. How many uh, George Soros-controlled radio stations uh, do you think are carrying the show, Eldon? Boy, uh, that's hard to know. It could be, uh, you know, 200 million, 300 million. Um, yeah. You know, if... if uh, if one person listens for uh, 30 seconds, then and then they listen again, you can count them again and their dog, uh, you know, somewhere around there. All right. Just <laughs> curious. My guess is there know. is zero know. George Soros radio stations carrying our show. Uh, and I have that on, um, well, there's no evidence for that at all. Zero. Look at that. Nobody's listening, but there's zero evidence of that. <laughs> well, there's somebody listening. I don't know. Oh, there is? All right. Well, <laughs> that's good. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, just thought I'd kind of uh, hammer that home uh, one more time. Headline, former CIA officer exposes the real Vladimir Putin. The real Vladimir Putin, ladies and gentlemen, is not a, quote, nationalist. Rather, he's a, quote, cunning creature of the KGB, the Soviet KGB, who saw the supposed collapse of the Soviet communism. Um, they, he's calling it a great geopolitical catastrophe. Um, who am I talking about? Former CIA officer and leading national security expert. Guy's name is uh, Claire Lopez. Uh, and he was interviewed by our dear friend Alex Newman over at thenewamerican.com with a great interview to lay this out, highlighting. Um, people don't really realize who Vladimir Putin is. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not against Tucker, Tucker interviewing him. But I am against this idea that he's just this great, wonderful nationalist leader, and he's even better than Joe Biden. Um, he might be more savvy than Joe. He might have his mind with him and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm sure he does with his responses. Uh, but this guy is a literal communist leader that came out of the KGB. Let's not fool ourselves, Eldon. Well, yeah, and I, and I saw the interview with Tucker Carlson, and uh, um, yeah, of course, it's it's apparent that yes, uh, Putin wants some form of global government. Uh, it might not may not be the same vision as uh, leaders in the West envision, but yes, he agrees on that principle. And that, of course, he is a committed uh, socialist. He believes that government, the big government prob, uh, solutions to uh, many different problems. Uh, that's, that shouldn't be any big surprise to people. 
so, but it, you know, it was good to see that he was able to at least explain that, you know, the information we're getting here in the United States about the Russia-Ukraine conflict are, are not entirely accurate, to say the it's least. It's fake news propaganda is what it is, ladies and gentlemen. The Russians aren't right either, but neither propaganda machine is telling the truth. Yeah, yeah. It's the, so you have to really look at things with a, um, you know, a, a kind of a skeptical eye at the same time. Um, you know, if you only get one side of the story, you're probably not getting, uh, you know, a very good view of things at the very least. You want to get information from various sources and then consider it um, based upon uh, a number of factors. But uh, most most folks, uh, I would say, in America are pretty unaware of what's going on or any any backstory to this conflict with Russia and Ukraine and all that. Now, I want to uh, throw the backstory into the discussion of all foreign war discussions, and that's we need to look sure. at these wars, uh, rumors of wars, wars, funding of wars, whatever words you want to use, through the eyes of, of the Founding Fathers, through the eyes of the Constitution. And we need to kind of say to ourselves, right. what should be our general view? How should we go about understanding this? And the Founding Fathers basically said, avoid foreign entanglements like the plague. Stay away from it. It doesn't do you any good. You'll end up on the wrong side. You'll end up warmongering, and you'll end up violating the sovereignty of other nations, which we should not do. And the Founding Fathers, George Washington in particular, in my opinion, one of the greatest generals the world's ever known, literally highlighted this. The Founding Fathers universally understood that the meddling in foreign affairs is not what we should be doing. We need to look through all these, quote, foreign affair discussions with that in mind. So I appreciate Tucker trying to peacefully sit down, even though you got a KGB leader. Understand that he's a snake. Understand that he doesn't believe in what we believe in. Understand that he's a man of force coming from the KGB. Understand who he is, right? But they say keep your friends closer and your enemies closer, kind of an idea. Um, it's fine to talk to him. Don't get me wrong. I commend Tucker for the interview, and I'm not downing the interview. Uh, but I am saying to you, we need to know who this guy really is on the international stage, don't we? Oh, for sure, for sure. We um, we shouldn't be um, <laughs> we shouldn't have any delusions about uh, who who these folks are. Um, and it was really uh, revealing. I thought that uh, you know in that interview that uh, he went into history of Russia and Ukraine. And I think a lot of the stuff they went into probably is pretty familiar to uh, Russians and Ukrainians, even though they probably have different versions of the story. <laughs> um, but for American audience, um, you know, we're pretty, pretty unaware of any of that history. Uh, and then to come in and say, well, we know who's right and who's wrong on this, uh, you know, that's that's pretty uh, uh I don't know, presumptive to say the least. But yeah, uh, you know, if you read George Washington's farewell address, he warned repeatedly against basically taking favors or t taking favorites, excuse me, um, of foreign governments because we end up picking sides in something that we really don't know much of anything about, for one thing, and it comes to bite us in, uh, you know, places we don't want it to bite us. Yeah, because when you pick a favorite, you're picking it based on the current laws in that country 
or based on your current diplomatic relations or good with a certain leader or whatever else. And the reality is things change on a dime in America when it comes to politics. But in other countries, it's even more so. And so you, you know, a year sure. ago agreed and backed this country or agreed with and backed this country uh, to where now they have a completely different policy. And now you're kind of caught with your, pardon the pun, your pants down on this thing where you're going. Uh-huh. Mm, that, and that's where we are with, for example, Taiwan and China. We are forced into saying that, oh, we don't accept China as an independent or Taiwan as an independent nation. It's a one China policy or whatever else. But that's not how we should feel as freedom lovers. So we're trapped into that dishonest position, that immoral position um, by our previous leaders who have made statements. And, you know, when, when, when China was our kind of friends, now we're finding that Chinese are crossing the border, meaning to do us harm. And we're like, yeah, it's our most favored nation. What? <laughs> but they're going to yeah. come into America and do us harm? Yeah, but Vladimir's the bad guy. <clears throat> okay, uh, folks, I don't think Vladimir's a good guy, but I, but I think this is why the Founding Fathers said avoid this like the plague. Stay away from it. It won't do you any good for the very highlighted reasons that we're pointing out here, Eldon. Oh, yeah, there's many things. Uh, you can go into, for example, NATO. Well, NATO started with a small number of countries, and now it's grown to, what, 30 countries or something like that? So now if somebody somewhere attacks Moldova, or uh, I don't know if it's Moldova, maybe it's uh, Macedonia uh, that's part of NATO, but, you know, pretty small country that most people never heard of, right? Somebody attacks them. Well, a strict look at uh, Article 5 of the, uh, the NATO treaty thing, says, oh, we're obligated to send troops to that little part of the world. Yeah, you attack uh, one, you attack all, right? Yeah, you attack one, you attack all. Okay, well, that sounds really good when, you know, on a bumper sticker. But what does that really mean? That means that you're on the hook for war, and instead of having, you know, people that you actually elect to decide whether we go to war. Let me be very clear. When you say you're on the hook, um, financially, the taxpayer's on the hook. But the reality is your children will be on the hook with no say in the matter, right? We'll come back and talk about that in seconds, ladies and gentlemen. Tucker Carlson getting in a fight. Did you hear about this? Not with Latimer. With Ben Shapiro and Nikki Haley, we'll tell you about it in seconds on your radio. Introducing PrepStartsNow.com, your ultimate guide to readiness and peace of mind. We offer practical preparedness tools, training, and education to take your family's household readiness to the next level. Browse the prep shop for essential products, check out our planning guides, and stay informed with our prep blog. Visit PrepStartsNow.com and subscribe to our emails for exclusive offers, new products, and future events. Remember, preparedness begins with PrepStartsNow.com. Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, 
breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off. With America surrendering to terrorists, Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain at the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake, twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. All right, back with you live, man. So much to cover, so little time. It's, it's, it's literally crazy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, I, I've highlighted this. We really need to understand. Vladimir Putin is not a nationalist. He's a cunning KGB agent. Um, and he really took control of the interview with Tucker. Tucker did a good job in many respects. I appreciate the interview. Uh, but Vladimir literally um, you know, had his way with Tucker for the most part. I would have drilled into the Ukrainian labs. Uh, that we uh, had in the Ukraine and say, you know, hey, what did this? What do you what do you think about COVID? What do you think about you know? And and really drill in uh, to a lot of these things that are, uh, in my opinion, the real issues and real discussions. Tucker didn't really discuss any of that, and I think he should have. Uh, nevertheless, there you have it. All right. Um, headline says this: <laughs> Tucker accuses Ben Shapiro and Nikki Haley of threatening. The Lives of His Children. Patrick Halt, AmericanLiberty.News, with the story. I want to play Tucker's clip, and then we'll talk about it. Here it is. I would say two things. First, we have a right to be mad. At least, and let me just again speak for Americans, middle-aged Americans, uh, which is what I am. You know, I've got four draft-age children. So if you're playing recklessly, fast and loose with their lives, then I have a right to despise you, and I do. So if you're Nikki Haley who's running for president or Ben Shapiro or half the people I see on television casually mentioning the possibility of nuclear war or sending Americans to fight in the Middle East or in any way involving us in a war that has nothing to do with prosperity and peace at home, nothing in other words to do with us Americans, then I have a right to call you out and be really offended because it's my family. They live here. It's not a joke to me. It's, there's nothing abstract about it. And that is the difference between what's happening in the Middle East from what's happening in Ukraine, about which I had very strong feelings. But I didn't think there was a realistic possibility that my kids could be enmeshed in it. Now there is. So I think, you know, get some self-respect. I would say to my fellow Americans, get a clearer picture of what's important. Your children are important. Okay, that's number one, your children. And if they're threatening your children, I don't care what their justification is. They're your enemy. That's how I feel about it. Okay, number one. Number two... In the United States, the right defends free speech. For most of my life, the left defended free speech in the United States. Till about 2014-15, Donald Trump, a lot of things happened. The parties inverted, the wings inverted. The left became avowed enemies of free speech. And it was really up to the right to defend the first, our First Amendment. The right to say what you think is true, not be a slave. Because, by the way, if you can't say what you think is true, you're not a, you're not a citizen. You're not a human being. You're a slave. So the right has been the group defending that 
sacred, God-given right. With the rise of this war in the Middle East, you're watching people on the right say, well, actually, you know, there's a difference between hate speech and free speech. Well, no, there's not, actually. You may hate certain sorts of speech. Certain kinds of speech may be immoral. According to me, I think certain kinds of speech are immoral. Um, but if you're suggesting they should be illegal, you can use the power of the state to make me be quiet and enslave me, then you are again my enemy. And you're seeing a lot of people on the right say that in the United States. And I'm absolutely shocked by it. I can't even believe what I'm watching. And I can't overstate my rage or my contempt for them. Because these are the people, and by the way, if they're not defending free speech in my country, no one is. And we're done. And we're going to have hate speech laws, which again are just laws of criminalizing speech that the people in charge hate, that they're threatened by. That's it. That's all they are. They're not on behalf of some oppressed group. Many of those groups are not actually oppressed, but leave that aside. Maybe they are oppressed, but it's not on their behalf that these laws will be passed. It's on behalf of the people in charge. And that's completely wrong. And you don't live in a free society. You don't live in a society of citizens and human beings. You live in a slave state when you have that. And and the right, the people on the right who are calling for it should be deeply ashamed of themselves. There you have it. What do you say to that, Eldon? Let's just start out there. What do you say to that response? Well, he put it very well, didn't he? I mean... Tucker Carlson is I, for the is most part, very, put it very well. I'm a little bit hesitant about his we should kind of hate you or we should be against, you know, uh, I, I don't know. What I mean is I, I'm fine with being against the ideas. Uh, what my concern is, is when you start to ratchet up that kind of we should be literally ticked off and we should, if you're not very careful, that kind of backfires. So I get the frustration. I get the, you know, but calling people your enemies blatantly, directly, I don't know. It starts to get a little bit concerning. Now, don't get me wrong. His point's right. We just got to be very careful that people don't take what he says and amplify it in a wrong way. But other than that, I concur 100 percent. Yeah, well, uh, at some point we have to stand up for what's right. We got to stand up for our children and we got to stand up for truth and good principles. And, uh, you know, Yes, there are people on, supposedly on the right, as we like to call it, uh, that are saying, you know, this thing about freedom of the speech, freedom of the press, um, there's exceptions to that. We can, uh, you know, if there's something we don't like, we can just say, well, you guys are doing something illegal. Uh, that's That's really a totalitarian mindset. We have too many people in that are wolves in sheep's clothing. Well, and that's the problem that I have with this. I get that, you know, you can say, well, they're threatening the lives of my children. I should basically hate you and be against you. And I mean, I understand the point that I believe it is a threat to our children. At the same time, though, that's the liberal's tactic playbook that Tucker's peddling here a little bit in the sense that he's saying, because you think differently than I do, then you know what? We need to be hostile enemies. Just take somebody that believes in abortion, for example. I believe they're murdering babies. At the same time, though, I'm not really ready to go after everybody that believes or in and or is okay with abortion as my enemy. I think they're wrong on the issue, and I think we're certainly polarized. Uh, but to call them an enemy and jump to that, you know, they're harming, they're literally murderers. Uh, I don't know. When you go that far and then start to ratchet that into hate, if you're not careful, that goes sideways fast. And so we need to be very careful about some of this stuff, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I think what uh, he was emphasizing, though, is that these are these are ideas that directly threaten the lives of his own children. And as a, a parent that, of course, loves his children, that he has a responsibility to uh, resist that. Yeah, but worse than the abortionists? Um, well, worse than the warmongers? Worse at than least the, the abortionists are not the kind of stuff. Well, those are various cases, but generally the abortionists are not saying, okay, I'm coming after your children specifically um, to force them to have an abortion. Uh, Now, of course, people are marketing to children or young people to do that and to, um, you know, have these gender reassignment surgeries, as they like to call them and all that. Um, But... I suppose it's not quite like the draft where somebody's legally, you know, somebody's potentially going to be rounded up and forced to fight in some foreign war, which we have nothing to do with. But, but I, yeah, I get your point. Those are very consequential things, aren't they? Well, and the question becomes, when do you, how do you respond to this? And when do you decide that it's time to take the gloves out? And when do you go, them is fighting words versus we can disagree? Well, uh, at some point, um, I, I don't know the exact point, but um, at some point, of course, we know that, um, well, we're, at least if you're, uh, you know, kind of Christian Bible believing that there is an obligation to stand up and defend your family uh, against threats or, or yourself, at least. And sometimes now, this is an interesting, uh, an interesting divide, in my opinion, when it comes to the conservative movement. Tucker and Ben Shapiro being on the opposite side uh, is kind of interesting. And some would say, well, Ben's a liberal and some would say this and that. But, you know, Ben Shapiro basically says and Ben Shapiro accuses Tucker Carlson of lying about his policies. Um, I agree that it's harm to our children. I agree that it's a threat. I agree with the general point Tucker's making. I'm not so sure that Ben Shapiro and his policies are really exactly as Tucker's purporting them to be, right? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I find this rift in the conservative movement may be a concern, too. Well, perhaps. I think he was making kind of a general statement and throwing out examples of people that use rhetoric that is, uh, you know, more um, for people that are anxious to go to war and things of that nature, kind of the neoconservative type uh, folks, which we know I, Ben Shapiro is, is you know, he's he's very much, uh, you know, er, for example, everything that's uh, the government of the of Israel does uh, somehow is great. It seems like in his mind, and and uh, you know anybody that disagrees with that is somehow anti-Semitic, you know, stuff like that. Um, kind of like we talked about picking favorites. And it gets you in bad situation. Anyway, so Ben uh, uh, accuses um, Tucker of lying about his policies. Tucker accuses Ben of threatening the lives of his children. I think both statements are quite extreme, although generally I agree we don't need to be in these foreign wars. Tucker's generally right on the point. Uh, The problem is they've found a way to promote both Ben Shapiro, Nikki Haley, I should say all three, and Tucker 
uh, in a very negative way that I don't find helpful at all, personally. I, I get the points on either side, and I, I understand the arguments, and I you know, have my own views about it, but is it going to do good to have a, 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 a divisive uh, running battle between Tucker and Penn? I don't know. I don't, I don't I find don't. it very helpful. Yeah, I'm not sure how far that's going to go anyway, but, uh, um, you know, it, there are disagreements among people, and uh, just kind of trying to point point them out, help, help people sort out uh, different approaches. Maybe, maybe to I should host Ben and Tucker, and I could help them kind of work out their differences <laughs> or talk through okay. it, huh? Hey, Denver's out of control. We'll tell you about that in seconds on your radio. Pursuing Liberty. Using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Ryan Daniels. Republicans in the House say there is an emerging national security threat that needs to be addressed publicly involving Russia and space technology. GOP House Speaker Mike Johnson with reporters Wednesday. I will press the administration to take appropriate action. Can everybody be The House Intelligence Committee characterized this as a serious national security threat, but it involves classified material. Speaker Johnson said he put a meeting together for Thursday with President Biden and the White House to discuss what comes next. According to a Monmouth University poll, nearly one in five Americans believe in a conspiracy theory involving Taylor Swift and President Biden. The theory suggests that the pop star is part of a secret government campaign to secure President Biden's re-election. Among those who hold this belief, 71% identify with the GOP and 83% are likely to vote for former President Trump. Holster Patrick Murray notes that only about 42% of respondents were even aware of the conspiracy prior to the survey. I'm John Schaefer. Police say they took two people into custody shortly after a shooting that left one dead and over a dozen more wounded at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade in Kansas City Wednesday. Kansas City Police Chief Stacy Graves says it's unfortunate. The people who came to this celebration should expect a safe environment. The shooting happened near the end of the celebration after 3 p.m. when attendees had already been partying for hours, some since the early morning. The college football playoff has secured a long-term partnership with ESPN. The college football playoff announced a new rights agreement with ESPN Tuesday, ensuring the network will exclusively broadcast the expanded 12-team tournament until at least 2031. This is USA News. Hi, I'm Ronnie Deutsch, and if you or your business owe money to the IRS, I've got great news for you. Tax laws have changed. Billions of dollars are earmarked for IRS Fresh Start programs. And if you qualify, you can literally save tens of thousands of dollars. Listen, I know what you're going through. Call me if you want to speak with a tax attorney or tax professional for free. 800-284-9275. That's 800-284-9275. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-471-7065. 800-471-7065. That's 800-471-7065. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine. 
the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little, I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an Immigrant. Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. In the medical field, IT security is crucial. Our highly skilled consultants are HIPAA certified and have 20 plus years of experience servicing medical clinics, billing and supply companies. We offer comprehensive endpoint protection, guarding your computers and servers against all stages of threats. And with our 24-7 monitoring services, you'll never worry about extensive downtime again. Ready to level up your IT support? Call 801-706-6980 today and discover how great IT services can be with managed IT services. with the John Birch Society and Sam Bushman on your radio. This next article is written by Married Elordi, writing for the DailyWire.com. And the headline says this, Denver considers allowing non-citizens to be cops and firefighters, Eldon. Yeah, there's a number of cities that are looking at that, and uh, some have actually moved forward with it. Uh, the problem there, of course, is that you you decrease just by nature the um, the tendency for your police force to, as they say, protect and serve the people that they're supposed to protect and serve, because they have it, it's kind of like having you might say foreign mercenaries coming in. Um, now, does that mean that um, you know? particularly one person that's a naughty citizen would uh, treat somebody poorly? No, but, uh, you know, if if you're talking about um, making sure that your police force does what you hope it would do, um, this would tend to move away from that, wouldn't it? Well, how do we know these people understand the rule of law in America? And how do we know these people are trustworthy and been properly vetted? And how all I'm saying is I don't really see how you can have a non-citizen in the United States uh, to be a cop or a firefighter or something like that. You you put them above the citizen in this case, right? Well, they're supposed to be 
law enforcement officers, and if they haven't uh, even gone through the process of becoming a citizen to understand some basic principles upon our which are our government is founded and things of that, even though I know there's uh, I've read the citizenship uh, you know manual and all the uh, the questions they ask some of them are are a little lacking, but be that as it may. Um, there is some benefit to that, to going through that process and saying, yep, I am a part of this country rather than, well, you know, I, I just happen to live here and I have this job and somebody gave me a gun and a, a taser or whatever. Um, and a badge but, to lord over and a badge. others and flash when wanted, right? Yeah. Um, is that is that really the direction we want to go? Um, part, of, part of the scenario, though, also is, you know, all this anti-police um, stuff that's going on in cities like Denver, when it makes it very difficult to retain and hire a police force that's adequate just for to handle the uh, the crime that goes on. So there's a, a number of things that come into play here in this in this story. Seems to me if we had less illegals, uh, less people would have less crime and have less need for law enforcement personnel in the first place. Yes, yes, that's uh, one and factor. And Denver is one of the greatest immigration um, sanctuary cities on the in the country. Yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, so if we're going to try to address the issue of having uh, illegals, uh, does does it help? Uh, you know, often crime goes up when you have illegal immigrants. Um, does it help to hire start to hire them as law enforcement officers? Uh, that's probably not the best approach, is it? Who are you more scared of, uh, a non-citizen cop or Nikki Haley or uh, Ben Shapiro? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying it's question. an interesting discussion when, when Tucker goes off on that. And then, uh, you know, Tucker's willing to go off on this story, too, I'm sure. But I just kind of think about that and go, or is Hillary Clinton a worse threat or, a, or a Barack Obama? Or, you know, hey, we've allowed, uh, you know, we don't even know if he's a citizen. We've allowed him to be president of the United States. It's nothing to be a cop for a firefighter. <laughs> yeah, right? but they, they affect us more directly in a lot of ways. Um, if somebody's, a, you know, in law enforcement. So it's that's that's a good question, though. All right. Uh, Switching yeah, there's gears a lot of just things. a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. The Biden administration is now planning to implement a central bank digital currency, uh, CBC is what it's called, to destroy financial privacy and exert control over your finances, over your money. Now, Liberty Council, LC.org, brought this to my attention. We've talked about this for quite some time, but it's gaining legs and gaining uh, credibility of, of, of a reality check more every day behind the scenes. You're not hearing much about it publicly, but they're absolutely working on making this happen. Uh, Eldon, and it's a serious concern. Is that a bigger threat than Ben and I don't know illegals being cops and Nikki Haley and all the re- Vladimir Putin and all the other conversations? I think it's it is quite a threat because uh, we're talking about ending all privacy. We're talking about um, consolidating power in a major way, uh, unaccountable. Uh, power, and and that's something that um, we should certainly resist. So fortunately, uh, quite a few state legislatures have 
introduced or even passed uh, legislation banning central bank digital currency. Uh, so that's that's encouraging. Well, the, the problem with this discussion is that number one, when they passed fiat currency well over a hundred years ago, or I shouldn't say passed, but you know, foisted uh, fiat currency on us, it was bad because it's fake money as opposed to real money. Constitutionally, it's unsound and it's a problem. Uh, honest yeah. weights and measures is what the Bible calls it to you know to kind of illustrate. But I, I digress, except to say this next step of digital currency means that they can put an expiration date on your currency. Sure, there's all kinds of more more power that is consolidated. Um, it, so that's it. Certainly increases the threat to our liberties. The, the yeah, fiat your ten thousand dollar rainy day fund enough. just expired, Eldon. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, thanks. Yeah, um, hope we don't have you know. It'd be like going down to the store and getting picking up some some money and saying, "Well, this this currency is best if used by." Uh, the state. Yeah. Uh, and then okay. Joe's like, yeah, these companies are ripping us off. You get less chips in the bag. I'm going, what? Yeah. Yeah, and it Joe's has nothing to do with the, uh, the decreasing purchasing power of the dollar, right? <laughs> so I got a question. If the Biden administration is planning to implement a, quote, central bank digital currency, shouldn't he be impeached over that? And everything we touch, I think that would be Joe impeachable. should be impeached over. That's clearly it, impeachable, right? Yeah, I have a strange little story about that. I, I wrote to my um, U.S. Senator Lummis from Wyoming, and she's on the Senate Banking Committee. I said, "Hey, don't vote for this central bank digital currency." And one of her aides sent me back this letter with a link to a video. I thought, "Oh, okay," and she seemed to think that central bank digital currency was a good idea. But this video was literally put out by the Chinese Communist Party pushing for central bank digital currency and telling how good it was. I thought, okay, maybe that should be a red flag here. But I, I don't understand why um, these people don't know that. Yeah, this they do. Is, They're in bed with the CCP. She's just telling you, listen, this is this is well, this yeah. is Orta's. Orta's for <laughs> digital currency, right? Yeah. Oh. It's it's we just kind of crazy. Yeah, our authors. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just insane. It's all right. Like cockroaches who scurry for cover when exposed to light. Our own government is trying to run and hide right now, according to Ron Paul, campaignforliberty.org on this piece, because of the action of patriots like you. My fellow Americans, Speaker Mike Johnson and Majority Leader Steve Scalise are now backing down on their secret plan to debate the FISA 702 renewal. So you literally have Steve Scalise and, and, and Mike Johnson. They've been telling me that they're going to stand up. They're going to do a good job. And now we find out they're negotiating behind the scenes. Very disingenuous, to say the least. Johnson and Scalise are now pushing a, quote, new version of the House Intelligence, um, I guess the House Intelligence Committee's bill, giving it a new name. Okay, so hmm. this FISA 702 and everything else, they, they know that you and I are on to them, and they know we want it stopped, so they're meeting in secret. They call it now uh, Reforming Intelligence and Security America Act is what it's called, but it does nothing to rein in the spy state. In fact, 
it literally um, actually expands the government's ability to spy on millions of Americans, including me and you, without ever getting a warrant for this. Um, in other mm. words, 702 yeah. section expanded under this plan. Now, we were told Mike Johnson was our friend. He's a Christian. He's a good guy. He's going to change the game. Now we find out him and Steve Scalise are literally in secret trying to advance this thing, and they got caught by Ron Paul, Campaign for Liberty, uh, and now they've been forced to delay the vote. So it's a little bit of good news, but what a disgrace. Mm. Quick pause, more in seconds. Eldon Stahl, the John Birch Society, jbs.org, thenewamerican.com, on your radio. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies, John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then, the more they use the lie, the more they reproduce the lie. The more spiritual power they get. Now look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. That power protects the cells of the beast from prosecution. Why isn't Hillary in prison? She is protected. We must restore our national relationship with God. Truth is sacred in the kingdom. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Isaiah 9, 6. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Regrets? Oh, we're all going to have them. Doesn't matter who you are or what you do, at some point you're going to wish you'd done something differently. You know, the woulda, coulda, shouldas. But let me tell you a couple of things you'll never regret. You'll never regret spending extra time talking to your teenager. Trust me. You'll never regret answering your three-year-old's question about where the water in the bathtub comes from. And I've never seen anyone wish they hadn't sat in the kitchen laughing with their children and telling them goofy stories about when they were kids. Yeah, sure, we're all going to have regrets, but talking too much with our kids won't be one of them. No matter what you talk about, love is what they'll hear. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. This is a deep state scandal, in my opinion, when Mike Johnson and Steve Scalise literally plot behind the scenes to not get rid of 702, the spying apparatus, but they're backing the George Bush yesteryear plan, which is spy on the people, lie about it, get caught, and then have Congress just double down and codify it or say that it's fine. Look, George Bush should have been impeached and gone to prison over spying on the American people, but we let it stand, and now you've even got supposedly the good guys now doing this. The surveillance state lobbyists are losing this battle, and this latest bill is merely a stunt and a last-ditch effort to fearmonger 
everybody into back in the deep state without realizing what they're doing, Eldon. Yeah, it uh, it's really breathtaking to see that some of these people that uh, you know, a lot a lot of folks had trusted uh, now they're um, <laughs> they're backing down and they're uh, allowing the the surveillance state, the spy state, as we call it, to uh, to take over things. Um, this is this is really shameful. So who's worse then, Joe Vladimir or Mike Johnson? <laughs> well, uh, we all got to deal with a lot of threats, don't we? It's, Tucker, it's just Haley, so... you know, Ben, everybody's a you know you can't trust anybody these days. Almost it seems. Well, we probably shouldn't trust anybody, should we? We should, we should uh, no, uh, trust, trust God, God. All others pay cash, right? Uh, we should... <laughs> yeah, cash on the bar- barrel head there. Mm-hmm. It's insane. All right, I want to move for the last segment to the con-con discussion. This has been something that's percolated for years and years and years and years, but sadly, it ever inches closer. There's an article written uh, at the John Birch Society, jbs.org, that really tells the story. Here's the headline. Con-con, the full story. Eldon? Well, basically, there's people that say, you know what, we have such and such a problem, and really, the reason we have that problem is we need there needs to be some sort of change to the U.S. Constitution, and that's the problem we've got. Essentially, that's what they're saying. Of course, they don't come out and say that because we would recognize that uh, their solution is, is not a real solution. But that's what's going on all across the country. There's people saying, we ought to open up the U.S. Constitution to revisions, and don't worry, it'll just be this one little thing that'll be changed, and that will solve the problem. Does that sound like a, a real – I mean, do you think the Constitution, of all the problems we have in the U.S., is the Constitution one of them? No, absolutely not. In fact, I, again, I will be the first one to say, hey, the Constitution is not perfect. Nothing on this earth is, except for Jesus Christ who lived on the earth. But uh, there's nothing perfect. So can you find holes in it? Can you find concerns? Can you find things that, you know, we, we look at uh, hindsight 2020 and go, man, this could be stronger? Absolutely. However – um, in my opinion, rather than debate or try to build a better mousetrap or try to build a better solution, why don't we just return to what worked? We've got nothing that has the track record of the supreme law of our land, the Constitution. A couple of hundred years of success for the greatest country on the face of the earth. There's no way on earth we should be looking at the Constitution as the problem. It reminds me of, you know, you got a, a problem and it's 99% this and 1% that, and you're focusing on the that, Right. Yeah, and I can tell you that uh, just just to throw this out there, there is a uh, one guy um, named Rick Santorum, who is former U.S. senator. He's going around. Well, now we know that, uh, and he he admits he wasn't for this uh, Article Five Constitutional Convention idea. He calls it Convention of States until somebody explained it to him. Uh, but now we have the 990 form from a couple years ago. Yeah, he brought in $333,405 in one year to lobby state legislators to push for a con-con. Do you think that changed his mind? Not a chance, that's, but you got to wonder, yeah, yeah. Though, what, would a con, what would the other end of a con-con look like is what you really, that's the rest of the story, right? What would it look like if we went to one? Think of who would attend this thing. You think that Eldon Stahl and Sam Bushman and Ron Paul and Rand Paul and Mike <laughs> Lee and all these people are going to be attending and put in positions of authority and decision-making? 
not on your life. It's going to be the Michelle Obamas. It's going to be the Barack's. It's going to be the, the Joe Bidens who can't string two sentences together. It's going to be the, the Bill Clintons of the world. It's going to be the, who knows? I mean, you might even have a Taylor Swift get a slot, right? Yeah. It, if anything, the safest statement on that would be, it would be a cross-section of the people of the United States with approximately the same or maybe worse understanding of basic principles upon which our government was founded. Now, we know that the understanding of most people of the Constitution is uh, woefully lacking, and we see that in, in our government as well, in the government officials. So can we even reasonably expect anything remotely uh, as valuable as uh as good at defending our liberties that would come out of such a scenario of, you know, proposing amendments, of ratifying amendments. You know, these these people that push the convention, they say, well, we got to do something. We can't just do nothing. And at the same time, now they're saying, they say, well, probably nothing will come out of this because we have to have 38 states to ratify anything that comes out of a convention. Okay, so so really what they're proposing uh, supposedly is that we do something, we spend a lot of money and a lot of time on debating something and nothing comes out of it. And they, they sell this as this is the solution the founders gave us for such a time as this. That's a lie. Uh, to, no, that's, it's such a, no, none of the founders Just ever said that. Just look at the FISA 702 to make the point. Why on earth do you have people like Steve Scalise and Mike Johnson advocating for that spy power. Why would they do that? And they should be removed from office. They've sworn an oath to protect us from enemies, foreign and domestic. This is a domestic enemy. Government trying to create a lot of circumvent our due process uh, and our right to privacy and the fourth and fifth and you know, whatever amendments to the Constitution. It's really an end run around that. Why would these guys, supposedly the good guys, uh, advocate for this or secretly push this at all? This is the problem. It needs to be exposed sure. to the people, and the people need to absolutely become incensed. And I hate to use the word enraged, but we need to absolutely let our feelings on this be known. It is not acceptable. Violation of the supreme law of the land, violation of my privacy and my rights to due process and everything else. It's absolutely undermining everything we hold dear. But yet, the so-called most trusted people in Congress are literally pushing for it. It takes a Ron Paul to bring up where we stand on this and a Matt Staver and a Sam Bushman and a what is happening? You think a con con would be any different than that? Yeah. And it's foolish to think that uh, these violations of the constitution are going to be overcome by changing the constitution. These guys are already blatantly ignoring the U S constitution as it is. And part hey, of the you don't like marriage, just abolish marriage. That ought to fix it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right? There's so many examples you could give. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's it's just uh, so. What is really going on here? Uh, to sum it up, there are people that truly believe strongly that whatever it is, whatever the change is, the Constitution must change. That the Constitution is an obstacle for whatever change they want to see. And so you have various forces that uh, various groups who have their own agendas. The only thing they agree on is the U.S. Constitution must change. That's what this is about. We had, uh, in Wyoming, this came up last year, and somebody raised a point of order that said, wait a second, this, uh, this uh, 
resolution from the Convention of States, which is supposed to be just for term limits and uh, reining in the, the powers of jurisdiction of the federal government and uh, fiscal restraints, this is three different subjects. This goes against our rules, and it, it went and it was overruled. And it said, well, this is only one single subject. That's the point. The the subject of the of these resolutions and pushing for a convention is to change the Constitution. That's the subject. They always like to bait you with some favorite subject that is your yeah. Um, we're gonna balance your hot the budget. Button. We gotta have yeah, that to balance the budget. There, balance the budget, term limits. Maybe it, when Gavin Newsom he's talking to the Democrats. It's well. Public safety. We got to, you know, uh, revise the Second Amendment. Whatever hot button issue it is, uh, campaign finance, whatever. But the subject, the subject is the Constitution must change, and that's what these people are pushing. And my response to that is, if you don't think, I mean, look at the First Amendment. It's so clear, so plain, so in your face. They're violating all five guarantees in that First Amendment. The Second Amendment, they're get, violating that. What makes us think another amendment or a constitutional change is going to give the mojo to make it happen? The only mojo to make it yeah, happen is not. electing representatives that will absolutely do the job. Other than that, there is no hope, right? Yeah, we got we to gotta understand the Constitution and demand adherence to it. So it comes back to us. We can't pawn this off on somebody else and say, oh, write some new words on a piece of paper and magically this will happen. That's not how it works. The Constitution is this, isn't this uh, you know, magic book or something. It, it, it's, it's so foolish to think that. And we think that we can have a con-con and work it out when Ben and Tucker can't get along? <laughs> well, yeah, there's, there's major differences even among the uh, you know, conservatives, um, the, the right, as they like to call them. So we, we've got some, some real issues, not, not to mention just a, a big uh, kind of fifth column of people just blatantly pushing for Marxism in our country. I've got nine words to sum it up of the solution. You ready? We the people. Great. That's three words. God, family, country. That's three words. Life, liberty, and property. That's three words. That should be at the core of it all, ladies and gentlemen. And if we implement those nine words in a real meaningful way, we the people stand for God, family, and country, protect life, liberty, and property, we shall succeed. There is no other solution on the planet that will suffice. Write it down. Remember yeah, who amen. told you that in 2024. While they're peddling fake news about the Super Bowl, I'm telling you the truth on how to save our country. Eldon Stahl, Cam, or Eldon Stahl jbs.org and Sam Bushman, LibertyRoundtable.com. LovingLiberty.net, spread the word, God save the republic.